Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor. And I am so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, which is about what is squirm worthy in midlife. Now, I know this is a little different. This topic might even feel a little uncomfortable. It might even sound a little weird. (laughs) But what I'm talking about are situations that happen when you're not sure if you want to laugh or if you want to cry. Now, just hang in there with me. I think we'll have some fun thinking about all this together. The bottom line is that there are all kinds of things that are squirm-worthy to women our age these days, and I want to explore it all. Well, not all, but some of it. I don't want this podcast episode to go on forever. I also want to warn you that this episode has an explicit rating, so it may not be the episode to listen to when you're not alone. Just saying. Now, First, before we go into that territory, this episode is sponsored by my new fun and practical little book called 50 Ways to Celebrate Life After 50. Get unstuck, avoid regrets, and live your best life. We need this. It's an antidote to all of the negative thoughts about aging. So if you're thinking there's got to be more out there for me or wondering why can't I figure out what I want and just get unstuck already, or if you're asking yourself, How can I have more fun when turning 50 or being over 50 is such a bummer? Then this little book will help you. 50 Ways to Celebrate Life After 50 will help you change the way you think about midlife. Each chapter is filled with upbeat, encouraging midlife goodness. No matter what's going on in your life, you can usually find a way to turn up your creative volume and celebrate a little bit more. Inside the book, you'll learn six different areas of your life that are important to celebrate, why midlife is the perfect time to invite more celebration into your life, and 50 powerful and easy ways to celebrate your life after 50. There are also 30 journal prompts and room for you to jot down your thoughts and reflections so that you push yourself to understand your mindset about this unique time in your life. Celebrating more like this helps you embrace what's truly possible at any age. 50 Ways to Celebrate Life After 50 is available now at your favorite online bookstores like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Chapters Indigo, or you can head over to www.50waystocelebrate.com and download it there. Okay, now speaking of my book, that's what inspired me about this topic. What is squirm-worthy or uncomfortable for you in midlife? Now, I know what you're thinking. Wait a minute. Your book is all about celebration and midlife goodness. What's going on here? How could this book possibly be connected to the topic of being uncomfortable in one way or another? (laughs) Now, I know it's a bit of a disconnect, but something weird happened that got me thinking about these types of situations where you're uncomfortable. You don't know what to make of them. They just make you think. So you squirm. 
and you think some more. And you wonder, when you started to think like this, did you always feel this way? Or now that you're older, do you think and feel differently? Then, when you're on your game, you connect with your thinking and decide what you want to think on purpose. But in the moment, things can get a little weird. Now, sometimes these situations are offensive, but they're confusing because, you know, maybe they didn't used to be so offensive. Sometimes these situations are embarrassing. Sometimes they're squirm-worthy because of something you did, and sometimes they're squirm-worthy because of what someone else close to you did or what somebody said. But what I'm getting at is that you notice there's a bit of a shift because you're older now. So maybe, like I said, something wasn't embarrassing or gross, offensive, or squirm-worthy before, but now it is, or it used to be, and now it isn't. So interesting. So let's go back a bit to when I started to think about writing the 50 Ways to Celebrate Life After 50 book. It was back in October 2020. I started the tiny book course with Alexandra Franzen and Lindsay Smith. It was an online book writing and production course for beautiful little books, typically between 30 and 80 pages or so. Perfect, I thought. Not too big, not too small, just right. I'd be with a group of other women doing the same thing with teachers to help step by step. So as you would imagine, early in the game, we had to come up with a little uh, title or a concept to start working with. You got to start somewhere, right? It was weird. I wasn't clear what I wanted to write about at all when I signed up for the course. But with the help of the course curriculum, which was quite gentle and creative, it came to me. I fiddled with it a bit. I checked Google and Amazon for other similar titles. I wanted something original, but of course, when it comes to turning 50 and the whole 50 ways theme, there's a lot out there. I knew I didn't want to only focus on turning 50, but turning 50 is a notable milestone for women in the middle. In fact, men and women don't always sail into their 50s with the greatest of ease. (laughs) That's when I got more clarity about celebrating life after 50 and not just focus on turning 50. This tweak on the idea is in complete alignment with my podcast as well, Women in the Middle, Loving Life After 50. So everything in my research looked good. There were lots of books and gifts about turning 50, 50 things to do before you turn 50, things to do in honor of turning 50, and so on. But I wanted to shine the light on 50 ways to celebrate life after 50, after the milestone that's so fraught with negative emotion. Once I had the gist of the title figured out, away I went. So a couple of months went by, four to be exact, and I launched the book a couple of weeks ago. I started to go on Amazon more often as I tried to understand my listing, the categories my book was listed in, the keywords, all that stuff right? I just started to pay more attention. What's going on online? I would play with searching different keywords to see when and where my book would pop up. It was fun. I tweaked the listing a little here and there, and I would check in by doing this sort of search every few days. There they all were, a whole bunch of books with 50 ways in the title. 50 ways to do this, 50 ways to do that, 50 ways to wear accessories, make a change, cook food, 
draw things, feel better, eat cock, celebrate life after 50. Wait, what? What did you just say? You might be thinking. Yes, you heard me correctly. There, right under my sweet little rainbows and daisies feel good type of book was 50 Ways to Eat Cock. Are you kidding me? Right there on Amazon? This book right next to mine? But wait, why does it have a giant rooster on the cover? Is this a cookbook? Could it be that it's just from an author with the kind of out there sense of humor and it's really a cookbook? Let me get my reading glasses. <laughs> I was totally confused. Sure enough, it looked like a real cookbook. Okay, my friends, I was squirming a little. I have to admit, I was squirming and I was confused. Was it a joke? Was it real? Was it Murphy's Law? Is this funny? <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to think. The title is 50 Ways to Eat Cock. Healthy Chicken Recipes with Balls. (laughs) Okay, wait a minute. It's a serious cookbook with a funny theme. Everything's fine now, right? Everything's fine. Or was it? Why was I so weirded out? Was it the word cock when referring to male chickens? You know, was it like when you call a female dog a bitch and it feels weird, like a bad word? Was it that? Or was it that I was surprised to find this book? when I did a search for my book, or that anyone looking for my book would also find this book. All of the women in the middle who just want to celebrate more after 50, just they just want to celebrate life. So what is this, an extra bonus for looking for my book? <laughs> I don't know. I, I just don't know. Would I have been this uncomfortable 20 years ago? I actually am a little surprised that I'm squirming now. I mean, shit, I can curse with the best of them. (laughs) I don't mind throwing the word fuck around here and there. But there's something different about this C word. And I have a problem with the other C word too, while we're at it. It turns out I find the boy and girl version of the C word squirmworthy. And I think I've always felt this way. But please, let's not forget that this book is listed directly under my sweet little book. What the heck? What the heck? I had to understand more. I mean, geez, if every unsuspecting woman in the middle who wanted to buy my book was going to see this book, I had to see more. I was curious. I had to see it for myself. So I bought it and it arrived today. I needed to understand what was going on here. Was this just a joke? A regular cookbook with a funny title? Or, wait for it, was it a rooster cookbook written by a certified nutritionist? (laughs) It turns out it's totally a real book written with serious nutrition information by a serious certified nutritionist. Apparently, roosters are tougher than chickens, so that needs to be considered with recipes and preparation. Who knew? (laughs) She writes with a bit of a large sense of humor and says 50 Ways to Eat Cock takes a revealing look at the folklore, history, culinary culture, and nutritional benefits of this well-endowed ingredient. And it's all tongue-in-cheek, and it is hysterical. So, of course, now I was intrigued by the author, too, 
So I checked her out online. She's hilarious and quite knowledgeable, and I totally want to be her best friend. (laughs) What can I tell you? It was a surprise to find this book with my book, and it was also a surprise to watch myself squirm. I also had to decide if I could manage sharing this story with you, because to do so, I would have to say the C word a few times as I read the title to you, (laughs) more squirming. In this case, I can see that I just don't like this word. I think it's crass. I don't think I've ever said it before. So that in and of itself makes it squirm worthy. But for me, I don't know. I was concerned that someone might think about my book being listed next to this kind of a title that they might think something weird. I know that's completely ridiculous, but it did give me pause. I know there's nothing wrong with being associated with a cookbook though, right? (laughs) It's just a cookbook. Boy, what can I tell you? Well, there is something I can tell you. It turns out that this title is just scratching the surface because there are all kinds of other books related to this reference. It was easy to find too because now they're being recommended to me, (laughs) coloring books included. It's like I unleashed or I discovered a cornucopia of this kind of content. I had no idea. So as I was thinking about this whole situation, I was reminded of another time a few years ago where I found myself squirming. I was super excited about going to hear Mama Gina live in New York City. Have you heard of her? She's amazing. It was a two-day event, and I was really excited to go. She founded Mama Gina's School of Womanly Arts and is the author of a book called Pussy, a Reclamation. While I was excited to go, I have to admit, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I couldn't even say the name of her book, the P word. (laughs) It's another word I have never said, and I got a little weird about it. I ordered it on Kindle because I I didn't want to have that book out and about. (laughs) Oh my God, I was totally weird about it. And then there was the interview here on the podcast in episode 164 called Why You Need to Get to Know Your Midlife Sexual Self with Dr. Sonia Wright. Dr. Sonia totally called me out when I referred to female private parts by saying down there instead of vulva. Quite frankly, I wasn't even sure where my vulva was. (laughs) Come on. It just gets you thinking about how we grew up and what messages we received along the way. Another thing I remember, though, is how much fun it was to listen to comedy albums in junior high and high school. Do you remember Cheech and Chong? Eddie Murphy, Steve Martin, George Carlin, and of course, who could forget staying up late to watch Monty Python's Flying Circus on PBS? It used to be fun to memorize edgy sketches with curse words and sexual innuendos. I would, you know, on it was like an album, so it was not like you could pause it. You had to, you know, listen to the record, lift the needle, I would then write down the text of the sketch and then try to put the needle down in the same spot again. There were no transcripts. There was no pause. So in order to memorize this sort of thing, it wasn't so easy, but I was totally into that. Did you do that? I thought I was so cool. And what I can see happening is that there are some words, concepts, and phrases I care less about and some that I'm more sensitive to as I age. 
So I used to think it was cooler to be edgy. And now I find that some of these same words and concepts make me squirm. Do you relate to that? Now, the word fuck has become the perfect way to describe some situations in life and doesn't bother me at all. So I have a problem with the C word and the P word, but not the F word. And for some reason, I have found myself in a community of amazing women that have no problem saying fuck. And it's just become really descriptive. And I don't know, it's like the perfect word sometimes to describe certain situations in life. And like I said, it doesn't bother me at all. But the word piss, like when one of my kids says that he has to take a piss rather than having to go pee, ugh, I can't stand that. I think that is so crass. Go figure. Obviously, it has to do with my thoughts. I just squirm. I feel uncomfortable. I'm not a fan. So it really got me thinking. And I see that it's not just language that can be squirm-worthy. It can be entertainment too. I remember when I started to have babies back in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, I just couldn't watch dramatic television anymore, especially doctor stuff, hospital dramas, especially ER. It was just too scary. The storylines made me too uncomfortable. Having a baby made me feel so vulnerable, and I just didn't want to watch stuff that was full of worst case scenarios. I was squirming and I didn't find it entertaining anymore, like zero, zero percent entertaining. The same thing happened to me with horror entertainment. When I was young, I loved it. I loved reading The Exorcist. I loved watching Carrie. I loved seeing those scary movies. They didn't bother me at all. But now, you couldn't pay me to watch that sort of thing. Too squirm-worthy, too dark, too much. It's just too much. And one more thing that I find squirm-worthy while we're on the topic is heights. I've noticed that I'm not the daredevil that I thought I was when it comes to heights. The first time I noticed this was while 200 feet up in the air, parasailing in my 20s. It was in Florida. I'd fantasized about this for years. I remember even before that, when I was a kid, I used to buy these hang gliding magazines with these beautiful pictures. I think a lot of them were in Hawaii of people hang gliding. And I was fantasizing about that. But I just knew that was kind of far-fetched. I didn't really see myself doing that. But parasailing seemed completely reasonable. You go to any beach and you usually see people doing this. So I finally had the opportunity in the mid 80s and I completely freaked myself out. <laughs> I finally was up there in the air by myself, though, watching my toes dangling in the breeze. And I was by myself, like I mentioned, and it just completely freaked me out. Not fun at all. Fast forward about 30 years when I found myself on a zip line in Costa Rica, and the zip line was called Extremo. And of all things, I should have taken a cue from that. It was called Extremo, but I was with my family and it just seemed like a fun thing to do. Everybody was doing it. I wasn't concerned. Again, I didn't think it would be that bad. I was imagining myself skimming the treetops in a rainforest. That sounds nice. I didn't, however, imagine that I would be over 600 feet up in the air over a mile long canyon and 
get stuck hanging and spinning in the wind, waiting to be rescued. It was terrifying. When the guy came out to rescue me, he said, you don't look happy. (laughs) To which I replied with my eyes closed, I'm not (laughs) comforted only by knowing that I could watch the whole experience later on my son's GoPro camera, which was attached to his helmet because my eyes weren't opened for any of it. I was so scared, squirm-worthy for sure. So my friend, just be curious about these things. Your thoughts and opinions will likely change over the years about many things, including what you find gross, offensive, funny, scary, edgy, appropriate, and squirm-worthy. And it's okay. I highly recommend being curious about yourself. When have you had strong opinions about what's too much for you? When have you reacted strongly to language? What kind of entertainment is no longer entertaining? What are you thinking? Do you like your reasons for thinking what you think? Would you like to challenge your thinking? Would you like to question some of your beliefs? Or are you cool with them? Squirming in discomfort can be a sign for you. I love thinking about our feelings as signs. Uh, I Sometimes you can't figure out what you're thinking, but when you get to know your feelings, when you allow yourself to connect at that level, it can be a clue. Maybe you don't know what you're feeling, but you can sense it in your body, or maybe you can identify the feeling, but you don't know what you're thinking, but you know that they're related. So if you're feeling that feeling, squirm-worthy, or some other kind of discomfort, it's great to just pay attention to what it is you're thinking that's creating that feeling for you. Squirming in discomfort can be a sign, a useful clue of how you're thinking about whatever it is, and it's good to know. Overall, it's just good to know, and it's good to practice understanding where you stand about all kinds of things in your life, rooster, cookbooks included. (laughs) Why not? Why not let a rooster cookbook let you learn something new about yourself? Okay, that is it for this episode. I hope you weren't offended and squirming yourself just from listening to what I was talking about. As you know, my focus as a midlife coach is to help you waste less time spinning and feeling stuck about aging, about squirming, about empty nest, about relationships, about your career, about being more compassionate toward yourself, about all of it. It's time to get excited about your life again. Remember, being the queen of your brain domain is the best way to be, and I am here to help. This is what you'll learn when you hire me as your coach. Learning the mindfulness concepts are only one thing. But when it comes to applying the concepts, that's when you can really benefit from coaching. I can help you grow faster. You'll see the connections, insights, that kind of thing more clearly. And we're going to laugh a lot too, because you're going to learn to be more curious and more compassionate with yourself. It is so good. And it's such a beautiful gift. So head over to www.talktosusie.com and apply there. For show notes and links, head over to www.coachwithsusie.com. To get a copy of my new book, 50 Ways to Celebrate Life After 50, 
Check out Amazon or your favorite online bookseller or go to www.50waystocelebrate.com. Let's do this, ladies. It's time for you to put yourself first, one thought, and maybe even one squirm-worthy moment at a time. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. 